Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a crazy story of a solicitor making OP cry. But first, a story from wise old llama man 2. Want me to talk to your other customers? Will do. A tiny bit of background. My family recently moved into a new neighborhood that we chose because we love the neighbors. When we were touring the house, C came over and told us he'd mow our lawn for us. J told us all about the kid who our kid would make friends with, and X invited us over for a cookout. We try to be good neighbors too. Our front yard is where the neighbor kids know they can come and play in the shade with our dog and our kid. We installed a small but growing garden as an excuse to be outside and chat with our neighbors. I'm about halfway through baking brownies for everyone in our little cul-de-sac as a thank you for the warm welcome we've received. This neighborhood is a place where folks look out for each other, in part because most of us know we're the people who keep us safe. Story time. The other day I was sitting outside watching my kid play with his best friend on our block and friend's older brother. Older brother was asking me about our garden as an excuse to tell me all about what he was learning about pollinators. My kid makes a break for the street, so I run after him and pick him up. No cars ever go by, but we're trying to teach him road safety early. As I'm carrying him back into the house, older brother's still talking to me when he's interrupted by someone with a branded shirt and a clipboard. I immediately tell the shirt that I'm not interested in buying anything, to which he replies that he's not trying to sell me anything. He launches into his apparently non-sales pitch for the home security system he sells and tells me all the details for the video doorbell that several of my neighbors have been installing. Now, in case you didn't know, big security systems like Amazon Ring and ADT regularly hand over all the video footage to the police without requiring any sort of warrant from them. That's not to mention that several groups have been discovered listening in to your conversations in the name of transcribing them. I ask him how his company avoids compromising my data, a question he dodges by scrunching up his face and moving on with his pitch. When I press him on it, he lies to me based on what I already know about his company that uses orange signs. He tells me that C, J, and X sent him over here because they said I was nice, implying that because I won't accept his lie, somehow I'm the jerk here. After interrupting my conversation with the neighbor kid, as I'm holding a baby I'm obviously trying to take inside, lying to me, and now trying to guilt me into a system I don't want and believe is bad for my community, we reach an impasse. He falls back to say, well, CJ and X haven't installed, talk to them. Cue malicious compliance. I proceed to go over to C, J, and X, and one other neighbor, also C, that he sells the product to by the end of the day, and have a normal friendly chat with them. I slide into the conversation that I don't care for that company because of the way they hand over data to the cops, and can listen in at any time. Fast forward to today, when every neighbor except also C has taken down their orange sign and had the system uninstalled. I think also C never had it installed but is keeping the sign up just as a potential deterrent. 
So if you're reading, shirt, if you'd just been honest with me, I wouldn't have felt the need to quite so aggressively share my concerns. You would have just lost out on one sale rather than the whole neighborhood. This actually brings up a pretty interesting topic. How do you guys feel about ring doorbells? I think in general they're a really cool concept, but I despise the monetization of it and also there are probably security concerns. Do you guys want one? Do you have one? Do you think it's a huge scam or a waste of time? Let me know what you guys think. Our next story is from PanCubano159, leveraging my job description to put an end user in his place. I used to manage a Cadillac dealership's network a couple of years ago. There was a car salesman who also liked to study computers on his spare time. Unfortunately, that also meant that he knew way too much to be absolutely dangerous. I would constantly get complaints about him bunking down on a specific floating desk on the floor and locking it out from anyone to use but him. I reached out to management about it, but they didn't want to do anything about it. Even though he was bypassing many security features like local admin, used a boot environment to give himself local admin, web filtering, unapproved apps, remoting, etc., all via USB with a bunch of portable apps. Management would say, why are you coming to us about an IT problem? This isn't a management problem when it involves computers. Isn't that your job? I'm pretty sure that's in your job description. You get the idea. But I was sick and tired of getting calls and messages daily about this one guy. So I decided that if management wasn't going to have my back on this issue, then I guess I have free reign to handle it how I please, right? Since I was dealing with an above average user, I decided to go to the furthest extreme. I took a machine, imaged it to the same image as the floating desk machines, and went to town planning all the restrictions needed. BIOS locked with password, boot to USB disabled, chassis locked and closed, no CMOS reset, auto login to a generic sales account, USB disabled in Windows, desktop redirected to a folder on the file server with locked permissions, no delete specific icons only. Chrome browser only, no Internet Explorer or anything else. Chrome bookmarks set to only what is needed, log off removed, only restart or shut down. Even if he did manage to somehow log off, it would just log back into sales. And a litany of other basic Windows restrictions that essentially silos the machine to either Chrome or their car sale software. I brought all my changes and my purchase requisition for the locks over to management and was approved with no questions. I sold it as a necessary security measure and threw my weight around about how this is in my job description to address it and implement it. Spent an early Monday morning rolling out all the changes before he came in. Late afternoon rolls around and he finally shows up. I'm off the clock but decided to stay to see the fallout. He walks in, makes a beeline to his desk and watched as he sat confused at everything. I can't log out. I can't boot my USB. Windows can't see my USB either. I can't do anything at all. I watched in pure satisfaction as he just got up from the chair and walked around the sales floor aimlessly with nothing to do. The bonus part is after all the changes, whenever a different salesperson complained about the changes, all I needed to say was, sorry for the inconvenience, the changes were necessary due to a salesperson messing with the computers. I'm not allowed to say who it was though, so unfortunately the changes will need to stay. They all knew who it was though. You gotta love and be plenty disappointed by how management handled the situation. Somebody is literally going rogue on their computers and 
creating an issue for their workforce and they go, eh, IT will deal with it, we don't really care. They're just lucky that OP's super good with computers and locking it down. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. If you do so, you won't miss any of the amazing stories in every single video I put out, just like our final story of the day from Sabrina Spellman 1, Solicitor embarrassed me and made me cry three times, so I became super efficient at my job. When I was around 19, I was working as a receptionist, front of house at a solicitor's office. It was quite small, but very successful. Four partners, main one was the lady it was named after, who was kind of fierce in a Judge Judy kind of way, so I'll call her Judy. A new solicitor we will call Anna joined the team. We had a conveyancing, a personal injury, financial and criminal department solicitor, and she would be working family law, and her specialty and main focus would be helping domestic violence victims. At this time, all of the abused clients were women. She was awesome at her job. I saw so many victims of abuse while they waited in reception, and because they were so stressed and worried, they would sometimes just tell me their life stories while they waited. I did my best to comfort them. Sometimes I'd have to wait an hour or longer if something else was happening. Anna advocated hard for these women. Restraining orders, emergency hearings, police interviews, protection, arranging safe houses, custody of children. I really admired her and still do now. Those women needed her. The thing about Anna was she was extremely posh, well-educated. She spoke better than a lot of the characters on Downton Abbey or even the Queen. But she was also very opinionated and she swore a lot. Hearing her talk about one of the husbands of a battered woman, what an absolute tweeting little runt, and a voice that sounds similar to the Queen made us giggle. But she reined it in and was mostly professional in front of clients. Most of my job was filing, typing voice dictation statements, and logging calls from the women with her straining orders, who had been contacted by their ex-partner or abuser. So I'd get a lot of calls. Hi OP, he called me at 8.15am and 10am today, also an email at 9pm through his mother's account, things like that. It all had to be logged and reported for the court files. I got so many of these, I'd recognize each by voice. This is important later. After she'd been there for maybe a month, she was featured in an article that put the office in a very good light. The article highlighted her important work in keeping these people safe. We celebrated with her, but it went to her head and she became arrogant and snappy, with little put-downs here to the secretaries and other workers. She became pretty full of herself, getting snarky and barking out coffee to me as soon as she walked inside. I let it go, she was stressed and doing something important. As it was so long ago, most documents had to be faxed. Her office was two doors away from reception. She would let me know if she was expecting something important, and I would drop everything to rush the documents to her, waiting for legal stuff. Police reports or restraining orders could quite literally be a life and death situation for the clients. Sure enough, a restraining order document came through for a female client who was sitting with Anna in her office. She was crying looked like she had no sleep, her story was horrendous, I had to type up some statements of hers. I felt desperately sorry for her. The rule was, if something important came through, I had to rush and interrupt any client meeting. The papers came through, I rushed to the office and handed them to Anna and left. 
Moments later, Anna was in reception screeching at me because the timestamp said it was delivered a whole hour earlier. I was confused. I'd given it to her the moment it came through. She would not stop yelling that I put this woman's life in jeopardy over my laziness and stupidity and I should be fired. She made so much noise that Judy came out of her office to listen, the founder of the company. Her face gave absolutely nothing away, and afterwards she quietly just said, Please make sure to give documents quickly in the future to avoid any more problems. It happened again. An eight or so page document came through for that same client who was in there with her. I rushed to her office, handed them to her, and went to leave. Before I could, Anna started yelling at me again. This was an hour ago. What the freak, OP? What the freak did I tell you? This time she started swearing, and I couldn't get a word in, and all of this in front of the poor client who looked wildly uncomfortable. Judy came to the door again and again, her face gave nothing away, and just asked me to come with her. She asked me if there was a problem. I explained and she thanked me. Anna then followed us out and started yelling at me that I had no respect or kindness in my heart for these women, and I was lazy, utterly incompetent, and ridiculously not right in the head. I cried in the toilets. Over the next few days, the same client came in. Things had escalated further and had hit the newspapers. It was an awful case. So the four partners along with Anna were meeting with her in the same office. I went back in to give a file to one of the other partners there, and Anna piped up, Was this from an hour ago too? There seems to be a pattern here. Again, in front of the client and her four bosses. It didn't bother me this time though. I'd had one of those moments in bed the night before. The moment when your eyes snap open while you're trying to sleep and you have that bingo realization moment. So I calmly just said, the reason why the documents appear to be an hour late was because the clocks have changed for daylight savings time. I should have realized that when the ink was still not dry as I handed them to you. Sure enough, the document on our desk yesterday was a little smudged. The fax machine was old and didn't update the time. My little victory moment was spoiled because as I was leaving the office, I tripped over my own foot and knocked my head on the door frame, giving Anna a good laugh. The next day, a staff meeting was called about professionalism in the office. The client who witnessed Anna's meltdown had approached Judy. She was really upset to see Anna treat the staff that way and her swearing had frightened her. Judy was very clear that this was not acceptable. The woman had heard enough yelling and swearing for a lifetime. Anna begrudgingly apologized to me, and I shrugged it off. Judy also apologized privately for not stepping in when she should have. No problem. My malicious compliance was next. Every single call I had to log, instead of the main list I used on the computer, from the women, I wrote on an individual post-it. So I'd be in and out of her office, sometimes 10 times an hour. Her desk was flooded with post-its that just said, 10 a.m. call from husband to client X. She was annoyed, but this was what she asked for. I wasted a lot of post-its. The next bit got a little strange. A lady who was in a shelter slash safe house with her daughter called and said she was reconciling with her husband and she wants to drop the case completely and did not want to be contacted again. This happens. Sometimes abused victims go back when it gets too much. This was a particularly brutal case. She had been hurt really badly. I told Anna straight away, who said she would call her in a few days. Calling right then might jeopardize her safety if he was there. And I said, no, call the police. She asked why, and I said it wasn't her on the phone. 
I recognize her voice every time she calls. It wasn't her. We called for a welfare check, and sure enough, her husband had taken her forcefully back home and had his older daughter call the office pretending to be her. He was arrested. When it all worked out well and the lady was again in a much better safe house, Anna gifted me a bottle of wine and a thank you card and then asked me to stop with the post-its and that the message was received. She also apologized again properly. Sorry for the long post. Moral of the story is don't treat people like crap even if your intentions are pure and trying to help someone. We can all be kind. All I could think about here was how awful it must be for those people to be victims of abuse and have to sit there and watch that solicitor basically have a form of workplace abuse against their own coworker, yelling and flipping a witch at them. It's like read the room. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all three of these stories that I've read for you today, which one was your personal favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.